0: Good morning, we are live on the Coast to Coast Football Podcast. My name is Scott Kennedy, I'll be your host. On this side over here is Nick Kendall. He is in Seattle, I am in Atlanta, that's why we are coast to coast with your football coverage. One of the things, well, several of the things we wanted to get into. We're we're to the midpoint and beyond of the season. We've we've kind of separated, sort of. There's still with so many teams out there within a game or so. There's still a lot of questions about who could make the playoffs, who's a legit contender, who's going to be the number one draft pick overall. Free agency, we're thinking drafts. We got a lot of questions, Nick. I've got, I want to get some answers. I want to get some answers from you. See what you think. I'll, I'll throw in my two cents. But first off, how you doing,
1: my friend? Doing well, doing well. Been uh, got a busy week ahead, uh, looking at some cars, uh, trying to get the house decorated before, uh, doing a bunch of nursery stuff, and of course, football. So it, it'll be a good time. Another baby class. I mean, it's just go, go, go right now.
0: I love car shopping. So if any yeah. of y'all want to talk cars with me, you know, hey Scott, what do you think about this? Hit me up, and I'll probably send you my email so we can chat an email. But if I could get a job as a personal shopper for a, for cars, I'd, that's probably what I would do. What do you want to do? I want to make I want to make you the perfect match. I want to ma- I want to match make you with your perfect vehicle. I I yeah. love doing that. I, I can't help it.
1: It's a good time and you've been uh, helpful as well we'll uh, we'll see we sat down and did a bunch of budget stuff yesterday so if you guys really start hammering the super chats maybe we can bring that budget up <laughs> but,
0: uh, Nick wants the leather seats Nick wants yeah, the yeah, leather right. seats
1: <laughs> but no it's it's a uh, it's it's a little stressful uh for sure just because you know it's a big purchase but it's exciting nonetheless uh, so that's time to I lived in the Midwest right uh, for a long time so my two thousand three hundred and twenty thousand mile Camry is uh functioning fine other than underneath the car, right? It's the, it's the damn rust.
0: <laughs> yeah. 2003, man, I had a, I had a Toyota 4Runner, a 2004 runner I had for, I called this my 10 year car and I had it for 10 years. And then I kept it in the family. I, uh, my best friend bought it for me from like $4,000 and he kept it like another eight years. So yeah. it was, uh, that was hard to beat. I, and I went with yeah. a Toyota after a used Chevy blazer. I got kind of screwed by one of my dad's friends who had an auto dealership and, uh, it broke down on me within like the first month. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, just, just take it back from me and I'll, I'll buy something new. He's like, well, we'll have to see what kind of condition. I was like, you use Zark Salman, son of a mother. And I, I said, the hell with it. I'm gonna go buy a freaking Toyota then. I'm like, you don't, you don't screw around with a 25 year old kid with a job. You just lost mm-hmm. like 40 years of, <laughs> of a customer for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So on that note, we go live on this show. We go live on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on this channel with Falcons, Falcons, and then we go coast-to-coast football on Friday because we enjoy the interaction we have with the fans. That's y'all. Um, fans of the show, fans of the teams, all of that type of stuff. Michael Ranquillo is always in here with us, comes in early. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on coast-to-coast. Coast. Good morning, Michael. Hope you're doing well. Austin wants to talk Falcons a little bit. He says, if uh, Desmond Ritter can improve in the red zone and Arthur Smith can keep the play simple, this team has a real shot to at least be NFC South champions. That will be one of our fact or fiction questions. Who's going to come out on top in the NFC South? Um, Again, it's still fairly wide open. The Falcons look awful. They've had the easiest schedule. They're four and six. They don't know who they want to have at quarterback. They don't know who they want to get the ball to. Arthur Smith is turn you know humble for now until he gets a win and starts becoming you know kind of a can i say prick on here uh again (laughs) prickly been a little prickly um but uh yeah they're they've got two games with the saints and kind of control their own destiny still uh and i've asked austin i've asked falcons fans eight and nine won the south last year with the tampa bay buccaneers the Falcons have four division games left. If they go four and zero in those division games, against two against the Saints, one against the Buccaneers, and one against the Panthers, that is a good shot at winning the NFC South. You went four and uh, eight and nine, and won the NFC South and made the playoffs, and then got your butts kicked in the first round. What would your feelings be about what I want from this team? Uh, am I headed in the right direction? Do I still want to change? etc etc so things to ponder dave coming in and says good morning guys good morning to you philip hogginson is in as well he says good morning good morning right back at you dom is right here and he says dominic haramiel coming in he says good morning nick scott falcons nation dog nation broncos country big game tomorrow for the dogs who's georgia have tomorrow
1: I honestly do not know off the top of my head. I feel like it doesn't matter anymore. They're already clinched, right? Yeah. I mean, they can lose one and still <laughs> I mean, it, make make a playoff, probably. I, I don't know. There's so many winless or undefeated teams. It, I mean, we don't have enough time to go into all of the uh, football s- potential. Tennessee. Uh, okay, thank you. Because, like, Texas beat Alabama. But if Alabama beats Georgia, do you leave Georgia out? Do you leave an undefeated Big Ten champion out? Do you leave an undefeated... Uh, pac twelve champion out, undefeated ACC champion. I mean, it is. It's it's going to be chaos. A lot of it's going to work itself out. You hope, yeah. but it. We might be one year too late on the twelve team playoff we because. Say getting, we say that every year, man. I, I, I mean, I don't think we've ever seen it like this though, because there's so many undefeated. Ohio State, teams and in Michigan are going to take care of each other. Yes. You no, know, I okay. mean it's.
0: There's I just like one undefe- There's one game left with undefeateds,
1: uh, and then you'd have, yeah, really, because all these teams the are in Pac-12 their own. Twelve look like. You have undefeated Washington and one loss Oregon, whose only loss came at Washington. And okay. they're going to play each other again in the Pac-12 champion. You have Texas losing one loss to Oklahoma. Uh, but See, they one loss, Alabama- here, Here's what I mean by this. George has already wrapped
0: up the SEC championship, in, into the SEC championship. A one loss SEC champion that is a back-to-back national title gets into the playoff. If I agree. If there's not four undefeateds. The question will be if Alabama beats Georgia. Oh, I've I've, ne- I've always said, uh you, you, well, that's why I've never called it national. network sorry, we're off topic here, y'all. I mean, <laughs> it's
1: it's it's great chaos. I refuse to
0: call the playoff champion, and it, it started with the BCS champion, a national champion because you're you're not. If you can't win your own conference for me, mm-hmm. you're not a national champion. How can you be considered a national champion if you're not a regional champion first? You got to work mm-hmm. your way up. So. I always said, and it started started way back in the BCS days, When especially when it was Nebraska. It was Nebraska who didn't even win the Big 12 North. They weren't even a division champion and got invited to go to the BCS championship and then got their doors blown off, I think, by Miami. Um, that's when it started. That's how long I carry a freaking grudge, Nick. So I'm, I'm <laughs> all about it. If you don't win your... If you, don't, if you don't win your conference, you don't have any business being a national champion. And I've said that for years and years and years, and I won't back off of that.
1: Yeah, it's just going to be really, really weird because the ACC doesn't seem like Florida State has a lot in the way. If they're undefeated ACC champion, they've got to be in. Uh, Texas beat Alabama by 10-plus points on the road at Alabama. So then if Alabama is a one loss sec champion they're in but like you probably also have to put in texas instead of georgia right i mean it's it's so weird there's uh, enough
0: cfarkazian of- hate to uh to justify putting them at five
1: <laughs> yeah but you know who runs college football money and you green know does gets- yeah i know <clears throat> texas gets a lot of eyeballs <laughs> i know it's
0: like let's see would i have texas or washington uh or you know it's yeah. I know. I know yep. on that one. <clears throat> Rusty Moore says your child is going to change your life, Nick. My son is 10 months old and it's a crazy thing in the world. Well, you view life will change completely. Uh, everything you do is with them in mind. I never felt fear in my life until I was a dad. I'd mm-hmm. be in a plane, hit some turbulence. I'm like, man, if it goes down, it goes down. What the hell am I going to do? Then you, you, you hit, you have a child and you hit, Boom, boom, you hit the turbulence. You're like, Oh my God, I, I can't go. Uh, there's someone depending on me. I, I got to stay here. You, uh, it does, it, it, it does change everything and it, it just keeps getting better. Taught me patience. See, I'm, I was 36 when my first was born. So time starts going real fast when you get in your forties. And the first time I caught myself saying, man, I can't wait until I'm like, yes, you can. Cause you're going to blink twice and you're going to be 50 and they're going to be out the door Well, I'm 50 and they're knocking on the door, being out the freaking door already. Uh, Michael good to see you my friend Um, and uh, Dave he says uh, Scott and Nick do you think the defensive coaches are having these guys play differently they don't look as aggressive injuries and missed tackles notwithstanding Dave's talking about the Atlanta Falcons on here Um, I I don't know I I think they got away with not pressuring the quarterback early early in the season and that's not sustainable you can't give an NFL quarterback time to throw. You just can't do it. And that they they do not, they still do not have a pass rush. So one of the factor fictions, I'll, we'll just start with this one then. Factor fiction. Arthur Smith is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons in
1: 2024. I'm going to go with fiction right now because this team seems like one that's panicking. And I think that they lost potentially their heart when Grady Jarrett went down. Uh, the defense was playing really good football. And the last two weeks, they just don't look the same uh, out there to me. And we'll see what the Vikings do. I mean, they went down to New Orleans and did some things. But then uh, and we'll also see what Kyler does. But I think that they'll, they'll just miss out. And this was a season, especially in hindsight, what we've seen with the quarterback position, the offensive uh, expectation versus what they've been and how easy the path was. Uh, I think that he would be gone in that situation. And there are some other coaches that I think would be very excited about taking this Atlanta team over. Uh, It's not the same as it was when Arthur Smith first came in because of the dead cap hit. I mean, you got a lot of uh, potential playmakers out there and it still is a, I think it's still a playmaker league out here, even though the Falcons haven't been great. A lot of other teams, if you don't have, if you look at the worst offenses, of course they don't have quarterbacks, but they also suck in pass catchers. Uh, and that's something that I think an offensive-minded coach would be excited to come in and take over.
0: Yeah, I uh, I look at it and think uh, right now fiction too. I, th- I think right now Arthur Smith has to battle back to get his job, and I'm not sure that he's going to do it again. He wasn't going to be fired coming out of Arizona, but the decision may have been made. Arthur Blank is historically slow to fire folks, and it's usually taken a year too long. So he might be back, uh, but if they finish the same way they've started, eight and nine for me, and eking into the playoffs isn't good enough. When you have your week 11 and year three of your your regime, and you have no idea what you're doing at quarterback. Excuse me. (laughs) You have no idea what you're doing at quarterback. You still have no pass rush. Those... One of those is enough to get you canned. the The mm-hmm. quarterback situation is enough to get you fired. And I've said before, well, isn't that, a, you know isn't that on the general manager? No, it's not. it's It's a combination of the general manager and Arthur Smith because he's got his hands all over this team. He has said since he walked in, Terry and I do things together. All right. Well, you don't know what you're doing with your offense and you're in year three that's that's a fireable offense that that yeah. is. Um, so that's where I am on that one. Uh, Dave Glassman comes in. He says, howdy folks. Good to see you, Dave. Hope you're doing well. Um, wanted to, uh, we'll move on to a couple other things here. Uh, one of the ones I wanted to hit fact or fiction, because this seems crazy. If we had started this at the beginning of the year, the Buffalo bills make the playoffs.
1: I'm still going to go fact. Scott, it's the outline data surrounding the Bills is very good. Uh, they I know they fired Ken Dorsey, and I guess there was some st- reportedly some stuff, or I guess allegedly, not reportedly, uh, some stuff behind the scenes with Dorsey and Josh Allen. But the data surrounding them shows that they should be winning a lot of these football games. I think they've lost a lot by one score. And with what's going on, what just happened in uh, Cincinnati last night with, uh, Injury, Joe Burrow injured now. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I don't know if you saw there's actually maybe going to be an investigation because the Bills did not disclose the injury. So for like betting reasons, there's like an image that they deleted where he had a cast on his hand. The Bengals. The Bengals, yes. Mm -hmm. So I think because of that, I think Bengals might be out then. I don't know if the Chargers or the Broncos do it. Uh, They might like cannibalize themselves. I still can't buy the Steelers. I think there's still enough pathway there uh, for the Bills to get it right. They've just had some bad... Uh, turnover luck. I don't even I don't know if I want to call it completely luck, but the peripheral stats show that they should be winning, and I think they will in the end.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. So that means right now they're sitting in the eleventh position. Uh, there are eight teams in the playoff spots. It's not hard to pick a couple teams that could come out of one of these playoff spots. So, um, let's see. I think we we pretty much say Kansas City, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Miami are in the bottom four seeds right now are Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Houston and Indianapolis. Uh if the Bills are in, one of those has to be out. Who is the most likely?
1: I think that the I think the Colts will get knocked out by Houston. I don't think you'll have two AFC South teams uh, they're, in the
0: they're in together though. Houston and right. Indianapolis are, are b- both in right now.
1: I know, but I don't think there'll be a wild card for the AFC South. So I think one of those teams is out. And if I had to pick one, it would be the Colts, uh, okay. just with how the Texans are playing right now. Uh, CJ Stroud's in the MVP conversation. Uh, their defense is pretty underrated. Derek Stingley's coming back as well. Uh, so that's a. Uh, I probably would lean that the Colts being ousted in this situation.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, Again, with the Browns, you know, their defense is good enough to probably win there. And how do the Pittsburgh Steelers keep still going? So that that those bottom four seeds are really up for grabs because the next one is uh, fact or fiction. The Cincinnati Bengals now miss the playoffs sitting at five and
1: five. I'm going to go f- uh, fact on that one. I think with the Joe Burrow injury going on here, uh, the loss last night, they've just been too erratic. The defense isn't very good either. Uh, T Higgins has missed been missing some time too. I just, I don't see them uh, making the playoffs in the end. I think they just missed it. And this uh, burrow hand wrist injury could really complicate things. For that them. looks
0: like four to six weeks. The way he was moving last night, that looked like a break and breaks. If you can't throw, or, you know, maybe it, depending on where exactly it is, it might be a little less than that, mm-hmm. but four weeks, you know, can you survive as a Cincinnati Bengals to in a, in a AFC in an AFC that is, you got teams coming behind you, too, is the the thing to to look for. Um, And We'll stick in the AFC on this one because there's another team that's won three in a row that's coming up behind you, the Denver Broncos. Now, they're sitting there in 14th place, but at four and five, they're really only one spot out of a playoff. Uh, They're one game out of a playoff spot. Uh, The problem is is there's all those teams you have to jump over Mm -hmm. based on tiebreakers, et cetera, and they're not just standing pat either. They're trying to win games. But fact or fiction, the Denver Broncos make
1: the playoffs. I'm going to go fiction on this one, too. It's just they dug themselves too much of a hole, of a hole to start the season, and they are going to have a really hard time with tiebreakers. Half their wins are against NFC teams. Uh, so that's like one of the bottom. I don't even know if the NFC wins factor or opposite conference wins factor other than the actual <laughs> win-loss that record. It
0: goes head-to-head. Um and then conference division or division conference before you even yeah. get to it, it does. It may not even come in there. I don't think so. I think like next is
1: record against winning teams or yeah. something it, like. It's but like,
0: it, it, again, it it comes away with it's kind of defaulted in there of conference record. So mm-hmm. therefore, the other one, the other conference, doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah. So they're <laughs> two and five in their conference. Yeah, record. which is which is poor. So and also, which also odd, means you're losing the head to heads to a lot of teams. Exactly, Jets out there that's potentially one we'll see raiders still out there we'll see uh still a lot i mean they have a chance scott but you have to win six of your final eight uh even if you were playing you know bottom 10 teams every week that's hard to do the nfl is freaking hard this is not you know the sec where alabama you know going up against vanderbilt or uh no offense sorry, sorry commodores or you know sisters of the poor some weeks and the talent level is just unbelievably different. You know, Alabama, Georgia with like 50 top 100 prospects on their roster versus a team that our team that only has like two. It's not like that in the NFL. It is very competitive week to week. So winning six of eight and then having the tiebreakers fall correctly. It just, I think it's still improbable too much of a hole early, uh, which is unfortunate. The other thing too, Scott is I know Broncos country is really feeling themselves right now after beating the chiefs and the bills as they should be. But you had nine turnovers in two games, the most in a stretch since 1998. The Broncos don't get those turnover differential in those games, probably not winning those games. And it's just, that's not a repeatable thing. Like the Broncos country is like, oh, why don't we just keep running the same offense? It's worked for two weeks. Well, you're not going to have the starting field position in the 41 and win the turnover battle plus four in most weeks either. It's going to have to be a little different. This is not a replicable plan. And I think that's something that will not carry over.
0: Yeah, I think, where are they? Four and six right now? Four and five,
1: four and five, four and five, eight and nine would be
0: just golly. I can't, I still, I'll never, I might not ever get used to 17 game schedule, four and five with eight games left, Mm -hmm. four and four would be eight and nine. I think they can do a little better than that. So you got to
1: get to 10 wins to have even a shot. Five and three would be
0: really a good finish because that would be a seven and three finish. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that would be nine and eight so it's it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough and then 10 doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're gonna make that you're even gonna be in no so i think right now fiction but i think things have turned around to the point that you're in the hunt that you will be you will be rooted you'll be scoreboard watching all the way through week 18 Mm -hmm. uh which will be you know when you're sitting there at one and five wow what a turnaround Uh, And as Dave says, the Falcons' only path to the playoffs is winning the NFC South. Yeah, I I agree with that. That's that's fact. I I think that one's fact as well. When you're four and six, they're not about to pull off a um, eleven and six. So a seven and zero run to go eleven and six. Yeah, which would get them in the playoffs on their own merits. That's not about to happen. Um, Rusty's talking about you know the Falcons as well, and we went through this on Monday. As far as uh, you, you can go back and we went through some of the top head coaching candidates and some of y'all watching this, this show. And after the fact, you will be in the market for some head coaches. And we went through some of the top really offensive head coaching candidates because it was a Falcons podcast. And I think they will be looking at on the offensive side of the ball if they were to make a change, uh, but go and check that out. And we went through just how historically uh, easy is not the right word, but easy <laughs> the Falcons' schedule is relative to other seasons. This could be the least challenging schedule with the slate of quarterbacks and the teams on the roster, on, on the slate in our lifetime. And that's not hyperbole. That is an absolute... That That's how I feel. I'm not going to say it's a fact because it might not be a fact. Well, Scott, we can go back to 1962 and, well, they weren't around in 62, but we can go back to 1979 when they didn't have a winning team on the record. Okay, okay. Okay. But the, the, the teams you went against your first game was against a guy making his first start. Your second game was a guy against making his second start. Third game. Um, that was Detroit lions on the road. Resurgent fourth game, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, a good team. You get the Vikings at home. You get Sam. Howell. I think both of those were at home too. You know, it's just, it's just been, uh, it's just been really, really, really bad and I agree with you you know and the one when you went you get a road win which was a nice win um against Baker Mayfield who has really not been able to establish himself as a guy that people want to hold on to anymore so a journeyman quarterback and he spent 120 million russ you're making the case of why uh Arthur Smith is in hot water right now um for sure yeah. uh one of the not not one of the the hottest team in the NFL right now, it's so the Minnesota Vikings. They've climbed into the seven spot with Josh Dobbs. Will he turn into a pumpkin and find out that this is why he hasn't really been a starter in the NFL, or are we just going to figure out that he's been overlooked and Kevin O'Connell is using him well? Fact or fiction, the Minnesota
1: Vikings make the playoffs. This is a hard one for me, Scott, but the NFC is just lacking in talent so drastically compared to the AFC that like I'm looking at the top seven teams right now let's just list the seeds the, the the five is Seahawks six is Cowboys seven is Vikings and eight is Buccaneers I think you'll have the Vikings make it over the, the Buccaneers uh, especially they already have a two game or one and a half game advantage out of them uh, commanders sitting there at four and six Buccaneers at four and five Falcons at four and six uh, so I do think the Vikings end up making it and I don't think it's really a Josh, I mean, Josh Dobbs deserves a lot of credit because crazy that he's been able to come in and keep them afloat. Uh, But I think it's a lot of the offensive infrastructure and the Kevin O'Connell offensive scheme. And also, gotta give a shout out to Brian Brian Flores, too. Uh, That defense was, I think, bottom five last year in a lot of the advanced metrics, and they're top 10 uh, right now. So uh, that's a team that, because the NFC is just blah compared to the AFC, uh, I think the Vikings do end up making it. There's just seems like such an obvious line uh, between top seven and the rest of the league. I agree.
0: They've got a two game lead with seven to play. And it's not like anybody behind them is like heating things up. You know, it's not like there's a Denver Broncos chasing you down that have won three in a row. Now it's going to be a a really fun game on Sunday night, but the Vikings can lose that game and still make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Broncos can't Broncos are at home. They needed a little more. I might talk myself into picking the Broncos in this one.
1: Yeah. And Um, just again, talk the NFC playoff picture compared to the AFC. So you have the team on the bubble. The highest team on the bubble right now is the uh, Buccaneers at four and five.
0: That they're in. Set. They're on the bubble, but they're in. They're not just on the bubble. They're in. They're the eighth spot right now. That's the, not in the playoffs. Okay, seven. I, I, I've yes. lost yeah. count. I'm, I'm just looking <laughs> at them right now.
1: So seven is in, eight yes. is not. Okay. Yep. So they're on, they're the last team uh, out. They're sitting there at four and five. That would make them tied for 12th in the AFC <laughs> with three other teams. So it just, it's, it's a very drastic difference right now in the amount of wins and the mediocrity pool that you see piled up in the AFC. Uh, there's a lot of the haves and the, the haves and the have nots are obvious. In yeah, the NFC. And
0: meanwhile, on the other side, on the out, you're looking at the uh, resurgent Raiders who addition by subtraction, mm-hmm. why you hire Josh McDaniels to begin with. It's beyond me. Um, And, so they they've won two in a row. You've got the Buffalo Bills, capable of who's capable of going on a seven and zero run? The Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, can they survive three games? The New York Jets, they're on here. I, I on on my list here. Let's let's ask them a question. And I'm I'm going to pose this as a question instead of a fact or fiction, because okay. I generally don't know. I don't I don't lean one way. There. Does Aaron Rodgers play? this year, and can the Jets stay alive long enough for it to matter?
1: It's going to be real tough, Scott. I think they have a chance here. They're sitting there at 4-5, and five and uh, that puts them only one game back from that seven seed, but I think that Zach Wilson is concerning enough right now, and there's enough ugliness and just malcontent from the defense to the offense going on with Zach Wilson there that uh, I think they probably will not.
0: There was reports this morning that they are holding quarterback
1: tryouts, including Joe Flacco. I saw that. Uh, that would be interesting. I guess that makes you more consistent. But the you, offensive line there has been terrible as well. The Joe Flacco is a statue. I just I don't know. The AFC is too tough, and Zach Wilson's lost too many games for him.
0: Game manager is a bad, is a dirty word when you start describing quarterbacks. You know what the you know what the New York Jets need right now? A game manager. They need somebody yeah. just to not lose it for them. Um, and Zach Wilson, he's not that guy. Uh, he's, he's just not, I don't know if he ever will be. No. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's step it up a notch here. Let's step it up a notch. And, and Dave has a question here. He says, do you think Zach Wilson is just a New York thing? Meaning like we have that same argument with Justin Fields, you know, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, we'll go back and say the Atlanta Falcons are, Don't have a planet quarterback, and one of the reasons why is because justin they passed on Justin Fields when they had a chance to draft him at number four overall in 2021. Well, Justin Fields is a bust, Scott. Maybe. But is that just a product of his environment? Is that a Chicago thing? That one feels more like a realistic debate to me. Is it Chicago, lack of weapons, infrastructure? offensive line, all of those things, you know, a, a quarterback that has a chance that's been on a bad team that has not had any six that hasn't been able to succeed and win. I'm, I'm willing to, to go, I'm not going to argue too vehemently on either one of those points. I, I can see both of them really well. Zach Wilson. I do not believe is just a New York thing. Mm-hmm. When I see a guy drop back and the more time you give him the worse he is. I have a problem with that quarterback. Yeah i said earlier we were talking about the atlanta falcons and the defense and not getting pressure on the quarterback you cannot leave those guys alone you 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 have to put pressure on an nfl quarterback or he's going to pick you apart they're just they're too good at this level zach wilson's exactly the opposite you give him time and it's just panic you know i don't i don't should should i throw here i'll just throw there when he freelances and only has one choice to make and uses his tools because he can move and he's got a good arm, he's more dangerous. But no, I do not think that Zach Wilson would be more successful somewhere other than New York. I lean to Justin Fields would be more, would have been more successful had he been somewhere other than Chicago the last three
1: years. Yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson might be more successful on like, you know, Real Housewives of Utah or whatever going on there with the... Uh... I I... I, I Calm myself. When you started that
0: and I took a big sip of water, I'm like, Oh, all right, it's coming. Calm yourself or you're going to spit water all over the place.
1: <laughs> other, other than that though. Yeah. He, he's a talented arm, but uh, this just not, does not have the processing out there. Uh, I've heard him called, you know, some people called him Mormon drew lock. That's a disservice to drew lock uh, at this point with some of the decision making that you see from Zach Wilson. So uh, that's a, not, not a good quarterback. I just, I don't think they can keep him afloat long enough uh, to do it. And It sucks. For them, it's uh, because defense is so volatile year to year that this was a year that they could have capitalized on a good defense. Uh, But alas, uh, that's the NFL. We saw that with Denver for a number of years. You have a good defense, but if you don't have the offense and the quarterback, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and your defense has to be like
0: on a Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl, Tampa Bay Buccaneers level in order to have one of those. Well, you know, Trent Dilfer won up, won a uh, a Super Bowl. Yeah, and that was a historic. Defense. defense you know chicago bears 85 bears those those were historic those are mm-hmm. three times out of however many super bowls we're in
1: now where i didn't really need an offense at all <laughs> yeah. zombie peyton manning in 2015 it's like yeah. when your defense is scoring constantly for you and like yeah. almost putting up as many points per game as the damn offense it's that it's best one in 10 yeah. yeah it's crazy. you know that,
0: that, yeah. that you have a that you have a super bowl winning defense like that and how many really good defenses of that level didn't make it that far Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. Several. Um, Now, the Chicago Bears, I'm not meaning to discredit Jim McMahon, Walter Payton, et cetera, et cetera. It's just that their defense was that good. They were one of those that was known for their defense as much as anything. Their offense was really good, too. That was a phenomenal team, (laughs) flat out. All right, let's step it up a notch. Fact or fiction, the Baltimore Ravens go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC.
1: Oh man, this is a tough one. see the the real, like, you know, better in me is that would it, the smart thing would be to take the field, right? Like I, I, it's easier to say, no, they won't make it because the odds it's the combined odds of everybody else in the AFC in that situation. But this is me also hoping the chiefs don't freaking make it again. So I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to just go with yes on the Ravens. Uh, they've had some of the most outstanding wins this season against good teams where they like laid it on them and their losses have felt pretty, pretty fluky. I'm looking at their uh, Pythagorean wins this season, which is based on, you know, the point differential turnovers, a bunch of different uh, statistics that are typically pretty indicative of wins and the Ravens. So right now this season are have 7.8 wins. Uh, That's significantly higher than anybody else in the league. So they've been playing really well. The point differential is really high. Uh, I think that yeah, they are they are the the team to beat in the AFC. Now, maybe I'm freaking stupid for cheering against or not cheering against, but not picking Patrick Mahomes given what we've seen here. Uh, but I'm gonna be a little spicy on this one. I'm gonna go against what analysis would say to do take the field. I'll go with Ravens in the Super Bowl.
0: And that's where I start going again. I might go with the field on this one too. Yeah. But which one is it? Um I like the Ravens. Uh but, you know, I look at the Dolphins. Also, mm-hmm. the Dolphins are sitting there at six and three. Okay, six and three. Meh, that's okay. I mean, the, the the Jaguars are in that neighborhood. Yeah, but Miami loses to the Bills after the Bills had just gotten embarrassed mm-hmm. uh, in Buffalo. They got beat by the Eagles in Philadelphia. Okay, and then they lost to the Chiefs. I think that was after the Chiefs had come off a loss as well. Was that the week after? The Chiefs had lost to the Broncos. Then they get the Dolphins. So in each of those instances, one, they're playing a Super Bowl contender. (laughs) And two, they're either playing them on the road and or when that team was desperate, was really needing it. And I really like the Vikings. And then, of course, the Chiefs are still there. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I would take the field on that one. But I might make the ravens the favorite right now. It almost be like, okay, 35, 34, 31 percentile, or however that adds up to 100 percent Um so I think I think that's a a really the AFC to me there's three teams. And it's it's those three. Of course there's upsets any given Sunday, what happens in the playoffs, etc. But for me there's three teams. I think those three teams are a notch above everybody else in the AFC. Um
1: I, I still think you're correct but all the advanced analytics say the bills should be very good so i think that they if they you don't want to, you don't want them to eke into the playoffs and play them in the first round no i mean that's one that i'm still keeping an eye on i know everybody's dumping on them right now but it just can seems the like- buffalo bills can josh allen
0: string it together to win four games and you know to win four games in a row to win three in a row to make the super bowl can he keep it together without having a blow-up game that's the problem man
1: Yeah. Yep. And that's the other thing. Bringing it back to the Ravens here, being a yes to making the Super Bowl, they are one ding injury away from being a completely different team if Lamar Jackson goes down. And with his play style, that's a possibility. I feel like you know Patrick Mahomes hurts his ankle, he's still going to be Patrick Mahomes. If Lamar Jackson,
0: I got it. One nicked injury because I'm I'm thinking you know either one any of those teams lose their quarterback, they're they're done. But as just like a the, Super Bowl contender, the if you weren't talking injured. about losing. You were talking about being
1: nicked up. No pun yes. intended. Yes. Uh So, like, that's one that I mean, obviously, Lamar's style. There have been a lot of studies that show like the running actually doesn't impact the single game injury probability. Uh, but like, if Lamar Jackson's dealing with a hamstring or dealing with an ankle, how can you play through injury? Uh, that is one that I just I think that concerns me with the Ravens because their style of offense completely changes. If you lose that Lamar Jackson explosiveness and escapability in the pocket, where we saw with Mahomes last year injured, he's still firing within right. the pocket. He can play low mobility quarterback and be yeah. highly functional.
0: No, the 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 best of the mobile quarterbacks could beat you if you put them in cement boots in the in the pocket as well. The mobility yeah. was just a bonus, so to speak. Yeah. Michael Vick didn't really have the accuracy; he had the arm. My. God, he's got one of the yeah. most underrated arms in this ever. I mean, someone told me they 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 ran into him, and said the guy had a wrist about as thick as everybody else's like femurs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I believe it. You watch me flicks a wrist and the ball goes, you know, 60 yards downfield. Yeah. Randall well, Cunningham could beat you yeah. from the pocket. You know, guys like that. Steve Young, John Elway, really mobile quarterbacks in their days, they could beat you from the pocket. Um, uh, is Lamar that guy?
1: Probably not to the same level as the Hall of Famers I just referenced. And I think he can get there, but I just haven't seen it totally. yet. And also they just lost their best pass catcher for the season. Uh, Mark Andrews, I think, right? He's uh, he's done. Um, so that's a, a huge loss for them. I hadn't seen that report yet. Um, I think he's done. But I know he
0: went out in the first half last night. Um, Dave asked, guys, would you agree that historically bad franchises have a common denominator among them? Yes, I would. Let's see if, uh, if if you know the answer. My answer is yes. What is it, Nick?
1: Sorry, I was trying to look up the Mark Andrews injury. Uh,
0: guys, historically bad franchises: Cardinals, Lions, Falcons,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Browns, Saints. Sorry, Saints. Um, ownership Buccaneers. It's ownership. Yep. it's ownership. Um, that said. The Falcons under Arthur Blank are not an historically bad franchise. Uh, their ownership improved dramatically when they bought it when he bought them from the Smith family. Uh, the Saints are different. I don't know if they changed ownership or not, but they're not the same team they were their first thirty years. Um, and uh, the Buccaneers improved. The Arizona Cardinals have not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit Lions. I don't know if they've changed, but you know they they seem to be doing things a little bit better now. Is it sustainable? Detroit's had their flashes here and there, but is it sustainable? The Browns have been a train wreck since the '80s. Of uh, yep. since the '80s, they've been a train wreck. Basically, since they they came back, since uh, since they were reinstated into the league after Modell uh, took off for Baltimore, they've been a, a, they they've been pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, poorly run but yes it is uh it is ownership uh question from Dave he says what is a deep drop tackle if I'm describing it correctly that was probably in the news uh, last night and I'm guessing it references when you basically <laughs> you watch wrestling you know what a bulldog is you know when you grab a guy by the head and you run forward and leap and, and go down it's kind of like that except around the waist and your legs would almost swing out in front of you and your hip ends up dropping on the legs of the player.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: that's what I saw happening last night which isn't illegal and you know it, it, I don't think it's even intentional. Um but based on this question and the timing of this question and a couple of the plays I saw last night I'm guessing that's what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, the hip hip drop I think is what mm-hmm. they they call it and uh, it does result in some injuries but like you're talking about really gigantic men tackling each other and weak points in the body with pressure coming down. I, I know there are a lot of irritation about the hip drop tackles leading to injuries, but I, I, at some point it's football. Like you're going to have guys get hurt. Tackle I understand injuries. And I totally understand protecting the head and some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's different. Uh, but the hip drop stuff, I just don't know what you could possibly do to remove that if they start finding guys for that, I mean, how the hell can you tackle somebody at some point? It's it's, it's different than a
0: horse collar, which is mm-hmm. basically a face mask from behind. Yeah. Um, and, and that happened. I think it was Terrell Owens that got dragged down like that it was the year that changed when he got dragged down from behind on a horse collar. And then the next mm-hmm. year they instituted that rule. Um, Cause it broke his leg. Um, and that one I see because uh, that one's really dangerous. But this one, it's like, dude, you, you've, you've got to be able to tackle at some point. And I didn't see anything wrong watching those tackles. I'm like, okay, I, there's nothing on earth I would even consider throwing a flag on for what I saw. Not even if it was legal. Remember, grabbing a guy by the hair and tackling by the hair. wasn't. A, I don't know if they've changed it but you're allowed to grab a guy's locks and rip him to the ground. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Like at some point we're going to have calls for banning tackling. I just, I look like that one. He's chasing him down laterally a little bit behind him and he catches him. And Mark Andrews is a big guy running straight ahead. What would you have him do? Jump on his back and piggyback, ride him? I mean, he has to get him down. I just, yeah. it, there's an inherent risk to football. We do try to mitigate it with technology and protecting the head, but this hip drop stuff, I mean, you're chasing a guy down to tackle him and you're trying to get him down without horse collaring him. And you're not allowed to like land on him anymore, you know, especially the quarterback. So you try and go to the side. Yeah. It's just maybe protect yourself. I I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, it's there's inherent risk in playing football and you want to mitigate it with good tackling technique and technology and protecting the head. But the hip drop stuff, I'm just like, what, what do you even do? At that point, you have to have a
0: little hypocrisy in there, Nick, when you watch a ball carrier come through a crowd or, you know, what what is he supposed to do? You know, he's supposed to come through and he's supposed to get low and they duck their heads and show their helmets. And so all you see is helmet, shoulder pads and knees. Well, what the hell am I supposed to hit and how am Mm -hmm. I supposed to hit it? And if that doesn't get called in traffic, you know, because that's but but out in the open when they do that same thing, the safety comes in, goes helmet to helmet. Well, dude, he lowered his head too, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the weapon it, it's, and the other one was offensive pass interference. It's like, if, if that doesn't get called enough and um, the face masks, mm-hmm. you know, if you, you'd see stiff arms, they've yeah. started changing this a little bit, but you'd see stiff arms to guys face masks. It's like, man, anybody else on the field, that's, that's hands to the face or yeah. face mask or it's a penalty. So it's, it's not equitable.
1: Nope. It's not. And uh, that uh, Mark Andrews is out for the year. So maybe right. that would make me change my answer earlier. I've totally forgot about that. He's their best offensive weapon. And especially with the Ravens like to do with uh, multiple tight end sets out there in their heavy formations. Uh, they do have a lot of wide receivers that were highly drafted. doesn't mean they're going to be, are great, but the highly drafted wide receivers, uh, but overall, I mean, Ravens are so good, but losing Andrews, I think does change the field. It does a hurt. Bit. They,
0: they put up a stat last night that showed the difference between their offense with Lamar with Andrews on the field and not, and it was drastic.
1: Yeah, I bet. I mean, God, with that, with that news, I'd probably take the chiefs. God, gosh, darn it. I just, uh, they drive me nuts. Yeah. I I don't know. I Is it, can I buy in on the dolphins just yet? I don't know. I don't think so. They can't beat anybody good. They whip up on horrible teams and they lose to good teams.
0: But the the three teams they've lost to, it's I'm not surprised that they
1: lost those, no matter how good they are. Yeah, but that's good. You know who they're playing in the playoffs,
0: right? But it's it's different circumstances. (laughs) It's it's everybody is on the same playing field at that point. Where I'm sorry, but each game during the seventeen games seventeen game season isn't as important week to week to week to week as to one team as it is another. Come playoff time, everybody better be at their best. There's those fine margins that matter. And and then some of it will come down to where are these games being played? So it's important for Miami to win and and get some home field and play in Miami and get a Buffalo road game. (laughs) Get them coming down from Buffalo into uh, down in Miami where it could still be 90 degrees and humid. Um, Fact or fiction philadelphia wins the super bowl
1: man scott again the field <laughs> or not somebody i have to pick somebody to win right and why not the eagles uh they've been playing really good football uh they're good on both sides of the line of scrimmage defense isn't as dominant as last year but you got hertz being another year more experienced back there he i mean I'd be curious, would Hurts be the odds-on favorite for the MVP right now? He'd be close. Uh, He's playing really good football. I don't know if I'm quite ready to call my shot on the Eagles just yet, so I'm going to go Fiction for now, but they are definitely one of the three to five teams that are in that category.
0: I I will say, again, the odds would say that the the rest of the NFL has a better chance. So if I quantify this and say, okay, if it's not Philadelphia, you have to name a team. Well, then I'm going to say, well, it's Philadelphia. I I think Philadelphia is the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think they're the most complete team on both sides of the ball. I think they have a running game that will travel that doesn't necessarily slump based on timing, based on conditions, et cetera, et cetera. I think they've got a defensive line that does the same thing. Uh, They're dominant in the trenches. They're dominant running the ball. And then they've got the ability to hit the big plays as well on either side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I think this is the most complete team in the NFL. They're my pick to win the Super Bowl going into, uh, going at week
1: 11 right now. Yeah. I, that's, that's not a bad call. I'd probably, gun in my head, I'd probably have to say the Chiefs until they're, it's kind of like the Broncos beating the Chiefs. Oh, I get that. Until they don't do it, then I'm going to have to keep picking them. That's why uh, I said for years, I'm picking Alabama and
0: three quarters of the time I'm right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one that hasn't been getting enough credit here, Scott, just based on what I've watched, I don't know how it is. Maybe it's just the general NFL distaste for the fan base. But are the Cowboys underrated? I mean, Dak Prescott is playing the best football of his career right now, statistically speaking. C.D. Lamb is all like one of the best three-wide receivers in football right now, statistically, and they still have a really good uh, defense despite losing uh, digs. They can take the ball away and get after you. I know it's always the Cowboys. They end up failing and flopping in the end, but uh, I just feel like I have not heard much Cowboy discourse in terms of them being a potential team in that category since the beginning of the year. And once they lost the 49ers, everybody kind of like slept on them. They lost a really close game in Philly to the Eagles. I mean, that's a team that, could be in there they're playing good football
0: that was one of my questions I've got like 10 more on here that we're not going to get to so I didn't put that one on there about the Dallas Cowboys fact or fiction the Dallas Cowboys are a legitimate Super Bowl contender fact I think they are I think one of the reasons despite the oversaturation of Dallas Cowboys content considering they are Dallas Cowboys are clickbait they they just are they're America's team they're the biggest biggest franchise in American sports I think them and the New York Yankees um, that they are there's some fatigue there, but for me, it's the fact why are they not getting more credit as a contender? One past performance. Mm-hmm. Uh they haven't really done anything in the playoffs. In are we going on 30 years now? Mm-hmm. You know, since the 90s, since the the the, the dynasty, the, the dynasty of the 90s with Emmett and Troy, Michael Irvin, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the other part of it is what I just said about three minutes ago they're in the same division of the Eagles and the Eagles for me are the most complete team. And all the things I just said are good about the Eagles. It's hard for me to get too hyped about the Cowboys when I just got done doing all that about the Eagles. So that, that's the difference for me right now is uh, is I don't, wouldn't talk as much about the Cowboys cause I'm in on the Eagles right now. I think they're, again, I think they're the most complete team. I think they've been there, And they got a taste of it. And I think it's almost like, okay, we're there. This is the year we get over the hump. And for me, that makes sports more intriguing than I like to see a team battle their way up and do it. I don't know why that is. It just seems like there's more interest than somebody catching fire and fluking their way to a Super Bowl. And then they're not really relevant again after that. Um, Think 80s basketball. When I was when I was growing up, you know, watching the Detroit Pistons get beat by the Boston Celtics, you know, two three years in a row, and then getting over the hump and winning two in a row, Then Michael Jordan struggling, he's there, he's there, he's there, but he's they're not quite doing it, and then they then they make it, um, and then uh, who are some other examples like that? Well, you know, the Eagles. That's where I, I kind of see this is their turn, is it though? You know, because Michael Jordan also made a lot of really good basketball players ringless in the nineties. And that's what Patrick Mahomes is starting to do. That's what Tom Brady did to a lot of people. Um, well, he can't be any good. He never rang. Well, dude, Tom Brady was winning all the freaking rings. (laughs) So, um, I think that's why on the Cowboys want to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take this question from, um, from Rob and then Zach, because he's got a, because I've got a draft question for you on fact and fiction as we wrap this up. Rob says, good morning, gentlemen. Happy Friday. How does uh, Cooper DeJean's injury affect his draft stock?
1: I We won't know uh, right now, just depending on what the injury looks like. It sounds like it's going to be six to eight weeks. Uh, the one that he's going to, and he's not going to play again in an Iowa uniform, which is a really just a bummer because he was, he's probably been one of the more special Hawkeyes uh, we've ever seen uh, out there. So he's got to be healthy. got to pass the medicals, um, but it does still kind of line up with when he would start preparing for the draft anyway. Uh, so we'll see what it looks like at the end, but six to eight week uh, leg fracture. Luckily that's something that typically is pretty easy to heal from. You know, it's not a ligament thing. It's not a, a joint thing, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a bummer uh, for sure. And it's just, you put, it loses another chance to go out there and make some, some big plays.
0: Uh, it might sure. be one of those where he skips the combine testing and uh, does a pro day. Cause he'd get another four weeks of training in where he might be ready. Um, probably we're talking November, December,
1: January. He'll be ready for the combine unless the combine, something happens. He might not. That's he might yeah. not though. Well, we're talking two months from now yeah. is mid January. Right. And the combines the last week of February. So I guess yeah. things can happen. Um, if yeah. he's he has time, him.
0: but you know what? Another four weeks of training come to my pro day. Wouldn't surprise me if he elects not to test at the, at the NFL combine, he'll know. Right. Because he'll yeah. do his mock combines with his trainer, his training staff uh, before that, and if he's not where he wants to be, where he's been, he might elect not to. So that will be that will be interesting. Uh, Zach says, "Factor fiction allowing juniors in the Senior Bowl will lower the amount of senior players drafted."
1: I think that's fiction, but it's not because of the Senior Bowl stuff. It is because of the uh, the NIL stuff. So I think there's going to be less juniors. Entering the draft, like you know, you have your juniors who are potential, you know, third round, fourth round picks. But if they stay another year, they could get up. But they need the money. Well, now they can actually, without the under the table stuff, get the money uh, with the NIL. So I think that actually, just the number of underclassmen entering will be lower. So therefore, the seniors draft it'll be higher.
0: And I think on this one, mine was fiction also for another reason. So we're just stacking reasons here, Zach um the juniors that you would invite to the senior bowl would be at such a high level that they would be drafted anyway you're not going to invite a guy they do a really great job i mean they've got 110 guys or so to the senior bowl and almost all of them get drafted um then there's the juniors that don't get to go to the senior bowl that would get i don't think they're drafting guys that are bubble juniors they would i mean they're, they're they're not inviting guys to the senior bowl that are on the bubble Mm -hmm. they'll reserve those spots for smaller schools for seniors. So I think fiction on that one. Um, Zach had a question, and I'm going to double it up on you. Because mine, I had this one written down, fact or fiction, Detroit makes the NFC championship game. And Zach piles on, he says, the Lions can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff.
1: I just don't know if they're dominant enough on the defensive side of the ball to do that. They're very good, but are they truly dominant on that side? I don't think so. Uh, but the NFC right now, they, they're in the thick of things for sure. I would probably still put them below the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Eagles. Uh, they're probably right there with the Cowboys, honestly, but uh, that's the class two of the, the NFL uh, NFC for me. So just underneath those top two, Who's all so probably good. Who are the top two? I'd go with the 49ers and the Eagles.
0: I'm not sure I put the 49ers there anymore. I think they've dropped down into Eagles. Next step, Cowboys, Lions,
1: uh, 49ers. I think, I don't know, Scott. Some of their wins are just so dominant. Uh, I think they have the ability to get it together. They added Chase Young, and their defense looked different coming out of that bye week, adding Chase Young to that unit too. I mean, Jaguars have been feisty this season, and what did they do to them last week? Like, I I think the score was like 38-6. to at some point. Okay. So they've Um, gotten out of their funk. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, they, they whipped them. It looked like they were knew what they were doing. And honestly, it's some Purdy's won a lot of football games and then he lost. And it's like, Oh, here we go. But like watching Purdy, he's starting to attack more vertically. It looks like he's more comfortable and taking those shots and being aggressive versus, you know, just being a yak guy. I think his air yards is some of the highest in the NFL too. So I would probably put the 49ers above them um, above the lines right now uh, personally. So I'll go with a, Fiction on the uh, Lions NFC uh, conference game, as well as a, uh, the, but they definitely can win yeah, they a can. Jared that, off. They, they can. can win, but yes, they
0: need they need a little bit more than that. Yes,
1: yep. Love Dan that. Campbell.
0: Love him. Uh, yep. He's a real easy guy. I'm, you know, I'm sure Lions NFC North fans will disagree because you're a rival and you find reasons to dislike all of those guys. That's fine. I understand.
1: But for a neutral, he's a really, really easy guy to uh, to root for. Um, and it does sound like Texas A&M was really just trying to go after him. Um, but with all the timeline stuff with the Lions being in the playoff race and when you'd have to hire that coach based on the recruiting cycle, it doesn't seem like that'll happen. But man, they were they were ready to open up the the brink's truck for that him. That would be unprecedented. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I cannot I cannot think it may have happened. And the closest thing I can even think of was Bobby Petrino quitting the Falcons midseason to go to Arkansas, mm-hmm. and the Falcons weren't a playoff team then. That was a team he went to go coach Michael Vick, and the Michael Vick gets thrown in prison, yeah, or suspended Texas- at the time. You know what I mean, though. Texas A&M
1: is one of the three most wealthy. Oh I know, teams I know all about yeah. the money. Yeah, so they—I mean—they could probably pay him more than what an NFL team could. And pay it, him again, for. at
0: what point is enough enough? You know, and and I don't want to. You know, for for a coach, it becomes okay. I'm getting twelve to fifteen million here in the NFL. I could get twenty five in college. They can pay me twenty five in college. Okay, and and we said this about the Denver Broncos with the richest ownership group in the NFL. I don't want a guy choosing me. The main reason he ended up picking me over somebody else was for the money. So, what's nice is when money isn't a factor. Okay, Mm -hmm. money's not going to be a factor here because we can pay what you want. You know, but I need you to choose here because this is where you want to be. And and that could be the thing could be a dream job, Mm -hmm. but unprecedented, man. Um, Yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to ask you two questions here and the uh, and then we'll get going. I want to finish with draft here. Drake May goes number one overall.
1: I'm going to go with fact on that one. Uh, I think he's more prototype than Caleb Williams going on right now. I think some teams are going to be a little bit afraid of the volatility that you see in Caleb Williams' game uh, and I think the ability of Drake May to consistently color in the lines is something that uh, coaches are going to be a fan of. Uh, he's bigger, he's more prototype with the stature and he I mean, Scott you probably haven't had a chance yet to sit down and watch the the Duke North Carolina game yet, but Duke's got a really salty defense this season that's why galco is getting a lot of texas a&m linkage as well their head coach at duke and some of the throws that drake may was making in that game even the incompletions were like oh my god that is what a window to fit that in um so he's a pretty special quarterback i know people look at the wins losses but north carolina's defense is tragic (laughs) out there i was
0: surprised duke lasted as long as they did in that game considering they they weren't playing with uh riley leonard yes Yeah. was out i was like oh well my wife wanted (laughs) a funny story she goes duke unc plays tonight i'm like it's november who cares i'm like what is this the first of like five times they're gonna play i'm like it's not even conference play yet who who cares she's like what are you talking about (laughs) i'm like oh i hear duke unc i think basketball immediately she's like i'm talking football you dolt i'm like yeah i feel like an idiot um but, uh, but I will watch that game. I watched the like first quarter. I'm like, Oh, Leonard's not in here. This gets games over. She's like, she stayed up, watched the whole thing comes to bed. See her in the morning. Uh, yeah, that one went to double overtime and they lost. I'm like, Oh man, that's a, it's not a good result for Duke, but wow, that's, that's surprising still.
1: Yeah. It's uh, I mean, Drake may had some crazy throws on there. I've been a big fan of, uh, Tez Walker as well for them, but uh, I probably will go with uh, Drake may, On that one, uh, right now, it just seems like even before the Caleb Williams, you know, volatility going out there when the smear campaigns that are hitting him, yeah, yeah, a a lot of uh fans though were like, oh my gosh, it's uh Caleb Williams or nothing, and then I I was constantly, you know, being told and also being like, well, Drake Drake May is actually right there with him yeah people are like oh that can't be true i'm like you haven't watched drake may yet then i don't think you know what you're talking about but now it's like i don't want now it's turned around so much the the, the binary reactions or i don't want
0: caleb williams he's a bust waiting to happen i'm like he ain't falling out of the top three y'all
1: no nope he's not uh so i'd be happy as heck with either of them i think that drake may's style is a little bit more translatable and a little bit more prototype i think you have to be a little bit more specific with your scheme with Caleb Williams, where I think Drake may is actually scheme transcendent.
0: The follow-up on this is Zach asked, uh, and I, I'm, wait for me because I'm going to ask mine. He says, JJ McCarthy goes in the top 10, regardless of how the season turns out for Michigan or how many passes he throws. Cause mine was factor fiction Four or more quarterbacks go
1: in the first round. I'll go with fiction on both of these right now. McCarthy has a lot of, tools and traits uh, without a doubt, but you just don't see him having to throw many NFL throws. And he doesn't have the ungodly superhuman traits that where you can be like, well, I don't really care that much. Cause you see the flashes uh, like when i uh, last year with Anthony Richardson, we didn't see the, the volume of throws was not high, uh, but the superhero traits flashed constantly. JJ McCarthy's got a very good arm and he's a good athlete, but it's not like this, you know, S tier level on both those categories, like uh, Anthony Richardson, So I will go with fiction on both of these right now. I think McCarthy could still end up being a good quarterback, but I think that right now, given what we've seen from him, Lord knows what happens with Michigan. Although I saw Harbaugh accepted his suspension. So maybe everything's, you know, Kumbaya out there now, Uh, but uh, maybe he returns. I saw that Quinn Ewers is returning and he's actually got the arm talent to be somebody like that. Uh, So if you were, you know, ask me for quarterbacks right now, Scott, I'd go with fiction with the three being Jaden Daniels, uh, obviously May and Williams then too.
0: I found this one a little bit surprising considering everything that you and I have talked about, but I was reading through PFFs mock draft from uh, Trevor Sykema. Tell me what you think about this. As far as quarterbacks go, number one, the New York giants trade up with the Arizona Cardinals and take Caleb Williams. Number two, the Chicago bears take Drake may. That was one of my factor fictions on here that we didn't get to. Uh, does Justin Fields, Justin Fields does get traded factor fiction. Uh, that's two of them. One and two number six, the Los Angeles Rams take Bo Nix, Oregon number 12, the Atlanta Falcons take quarterback Michael Penix jr out of Washington. And then the final one, cause he had five, he had four in the top 12, five overall. The final one was the San Francisco 49ers. Take J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan with the 26th overall pick.
1: There's a chance for sure. Um, I know that Bo Nix has a lot of love as well. So there is a chance that it could be four quarterbacks, uh, but we'll see. I think it is. There is a drop still. I think I'm excited.
0: Are the 49ers going to use four first round picks on quarterbacks
1: in three years? Four years? Maybe. I I don't know, Purdy's playing good enough football right now that I think he'd continue to ride the wave. Um, but I don't know. We will see. I think right now if I had to put quarterbacks in order, number one would be May. Uh, actually, number one for me would be still be Williams, um, but it's 1A, 1B. Number two would be May. Number three would be uh, Daniels. Number four would probably be then Nix, who's going to be borderline, but he's so old. Uh, Scott, that's the thing for me at the quarterback. But he's playing good football for uh, Oregon right now. So uh, we'll see. But I just don't I don't see enough tough leverage throws from McCarthy to have a clean evaluation on him, and that scares the hell hey, out of Bo me. Bo
0: Nix, I, I, do you see any NFL throws from Bo Nix? You're going to take him at
1: number freaking six, six Nix for six. I wouldn't take Nix in the top ten. I could see somebody talking about him in the top uh, first round, and there are some good throws. They have a pretty good uh, wide receiver named Terrence Mitchell uh, who could end up being in the Troy. Excuse me, Terrence Mitchell. No, no, Troy Franklin, um, uh, who could end up being a first rounder. Ah, uh, but uh, that's there are some good stuff out there. Also, they put a lot on him mentally. Scott um, Oregon does a really good job. You know, like all these teams do these like cinematic uh, trailers that they have now. They pull things, and Oregon pulls a lot from the coaches' headsets. And you see plays where Nick's is at the line of scrimmage, and he will call something, and the coach is like, "What did Nick's call? What's going on here? We don't need." So it's like he's in charge of a lot of what they're doing. From a on-the-field calls and checks, Deshaun Watson—that was what made him so good. He was yes. the, like the smartest quarterback I really ever scouted. Was was yes. Deshaun, and so that's something that you don't really get. Um, just watching the tape, you have to like know, like okay, well the coaches, you know, they trust him to do that, and he's doing it to a high uh, a high rate as well. So, granted, Oregon's just trench out trenching every single team in the, uh, I guess besides UCLA's defensive line, but every other one, uh, they're out trenching the hell out of teams in the Pac-12. Uh, so it's, will be interesting to see, but, uh, Nick's first border for line first round, ah, man, makes me go back to that four right now. That's a good line, um, because of the value of that fifth round comp pick, I probably still wouldn't take Nick's in the first though, if I had to.
0: Yeah. And you, you I know you're a big fan of Jaden Daniels and he wasn't even listed here. Uh, that surprises me. You, you know, he's just it, was, been... it was, you know, Nick's at six is like, oh no, <laughs> you're giving me Christian Ponder vibes from that class. And then uh, Penix, um, Dave says Penix worries me. That's the injury history there, you know, mm. is, is one thing with him is the injury history. So our injury history means we're going to get out of here before we hurt ourselves uh, by overthinking this thing. My brain starts to steam off the top of my head. But I appreciate y'all for showing up for us on Friday like you always do. So thank you very much. We will be back Monday morning on this channel at 9 a.m. to talk some Falcons in the bye week as we start looking forward to the Saints. Um, we're here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We appreciate y'all going live with us. Nick, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Uh no, it should be another really good week of uh, college football, or excuse me, NFL and college football. But excited. I mean, we'll talk before then. But Monday, we talked a lot about these great teams in the NFL and you know, who has the best chance right now. Well. Chiefs-Eagles, Monday night. Holy bleep. It does not get better than that for a primetime matchup. And both teams playing really good football right now. Uh, it should be really exciting. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I,
0: we talked about who needs what. Um, the, the impetus for the game. Well, the, the Eagles, they want home field advantage throughout. So that still matters. Um, the, the, the Chiefs have a, are up a game in the loss column but they've played one less game. So it's still pretty important because they could go from home field throughout to not having a home game. <laughs> if things go wrong for them, uh, maybe not they're going to win the division. So if a division winner, I think gets at least the opening series at home, I'm not hundred percent sure on that. I'll have to pay more attention to how it works out. You do. Um, but on that, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody for joining us. If you're watching after the fact, uh, make sure you've subscribed if you haven't already, but leave us a comment. Uh, we'll we'll follow up. I, I'm pretty ADD about or OCD, I guess, about making sure that uh, I'm, I'm checking out the questions and comments that you might have after the fact. But until then, I hope you all have a fantastic football weekend. I think we got some Colorado football in Washington on tonight. So if you want to see some post time, have at it. Otherwise, we will see you on Monday. Appreciate you. Bye.